Hello again, friends. Pastor Lowell here. With our Return to Rome series, we are on number 24. Let's pray as we begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can turn our attention to end time and to your holy word, which is our protection and stay and guard for end time events. We pray as we consider together, you would teach us your will. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Section 5 we are in. This is Return to Rome, a common enemy when God's people are hated. And we looked at some of the common enemies of the world, one of which is terrorism. We asked the question, could it be in the future that faithful Seventh-day Adventists will be looked upon like the world today looks upon the terrorists? Will we one day be hated for our positions, for our beliefs? Pope Francis declared that some time ago that Christian fundamentalism is a sickness. And I'm showing you how we could at end time be considered part of the global enemy. Let me define again fundamentalism. The dictionary says fundamentalism is a form of a religion, especially Islam or Protestant Christianity, that upholds belief in the strict, literal interpretation of Scripture. And we saw that there are five fundamentals of faith. These are the foundations of what's referred to as fundamentalism. Number one, the inspiration and inerrancy of Scripture. Number two, the deity of Jesus Christ. Three, the virgin birth of Christ. Four, the substitutionary atoning work of Christ on the cross. And five, the physical resurrection and the personal bodily return of Christ to the earth. Those were the five fundamentals of fundamentalism. And if you believe those five doctrines or fundamentals, then you are a fundamentalist. And Pope Francis said in 2014, a fundamentalist group, even if it kills no one, even if it strikes no one, is violent. The mental structure of fundamentalism is violence in the name of God. End of quote. So you can easily see how sincere, faithful Seventh-day Adventists at end time, who are what we would call fundamentalists, would be considered part of the global enemy. <clears throat> now we've been considering, last time, how it is that we, some of some Adventists, are losing their foundation of faith, God's Word. There is a growing controversy and conflict within the Seventh-day Adventist Church over this issue of women's ordination. And back in 2015, Michigan Conference published a book entitled The Adventist Ordination Crisis, and the subtitle said Biblical Authority or Cultural Conformity. And that really is the, the issue at stake here in this whole women's ordination movement. Are we going to accept the Bible, believe the Bible, or are we going to reinterpret the Bible to fit our culture? And this issue has come to the General Conference multiple times. Last time it came to the GC was 2015, where again the World Church voted no on the issue of women's ordination. Now what's interesting, a few years after that, in 2017, 
William Johnson, who is the retired editor of the Review and Herald, he wrote a book entitled, Where Are We Headed? Adventism After San Antonio. And he especially attacked the decision of the GC in 2016 to enforce the decision of the GC in 2015. 2015, we voted no on the issue of women's ordination, and there are unions and conferences and even divisions that are just going ahead and doing it anyway. And so the GC decided that there needed to be some action. If we as a world church vote something, then we as a world church should implement that and not allow rebellion to take place. Well, William Johnson, he wrote this book, and in the book, especially speaking to the issue of the GC seeking to implement what was decided by the world church, he says this, quote, Wrong from any angle you look at it. Wrong in its theology. Wrong in its history. Wrong in its policy. Wrong in its spirit. It is more papal than Seventh-day Adventists. It runs directly counter to the life and teachings of Jesus. End of quote. So this is what he's saying about the GC decision to implement what the world church voted. He says that's wrong. Wrong in theology, wrong in history, wrong in policy, wrong in spirit. And then he said the in his book... Where are we headed? The General Conference session of 2015 exposed and widened fault lines that had been developing for a long time. In latter years, the session will be seen as a moment comparable to the 1888 Minneapolis Convention when two views of the church, two possibilities, met face to face. As major as was the discussion concerning the role of women, the issue was but part of something far larger. And that really is true. It's far more than just the issue of women's ordination. The, the central issue is how shall we interpret the scriptures? Are we going to interpret them from a literalistic basis? Or are we going to interpret them from a principle basis? And you know where that takes you. Our Sunday friends are always accusing us of being too literalistic in the application of Scripture. And they say, we follow the principles of Scripture. We believe in the principle of resting in Jesus. You Adventists, you're too stuck on a, a literal day, Saturday. Whereas we are much broader in our uh, understanding. We follow the principle of Sabbath, which means we rest in Jesus. doesn't really matter what day. The principle is resting in Jesus and salvation that he earned on the cross. You can see where that takes us. So the issue really, as William Johnson said, is far larger. It is how shall we interpret scripture? And then he said in his book, Adventism is split down the middle. The split, he says, the split is not merely geographical between the north and the global south. It is more complicated now, what he's saying here is the global south, that is Africa and South America, where we are more, well, they would call more conservative, whereas the north, Europe and America, that's where they are trying to push through this women's ordination agenda. So he says there's more than just a difference between the 
north and the global south. It's more complicated. He says, like the two babies struggling in Rebecca's womb, two Adventist churches are aborning. End of quote. So here in his book, he's essentially saying that the church is going to split over this women's ordination issue. Hmm. The Bible says in Isaiah 3, verse 12, As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. That's exactly where the women's ordination people want to take us. They want women to rule over us. And then the text says, O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths. Over 25 years ago, in the Adventist Review, when William Johnson was the editor, he wrote this, quote, We have not heard the last of this matter. That's the issue on women's ordination. Adventists will have to wrestle with this most basic concern How shall we interpret scripture? End of quote. And that's really the basic, basis. That's the question. And that's where we, if we take a literal view of scripture, we are fundamentalists. Or if we want to be a little more broad-minded, as some people say, we look for the principles. We don't stick with a literal interpretation of scripture. We simply look for the principles of scripture. Ellen White said in the book, Christ Triumphant, page 153. Be careful how you interpret Scripture. Read it with a heart open to the entrance of God's Word, and it will express heaven's light, giving understanding unto the simple. In the book Great Controversy, page 251, I read this. Quote, said Mary, Queen of Scotland that is, said Mary, she was speaking to the reformer John Knox, said Mary, you interpret the scriptures in one manner, and they, that's the Roman Catholic teachers, they interpret in another. Whom shall I believe, and who shall be judge? And John Knox said this, quote, from a great controversy 251, quote, ye shall believe God, that plainly speaketh in his word, answered the reformer, and farther than the word teaches you, Ye neither shall believe the one nor the other. Good counsel. The word of, he said, the word of God is plain in itself. And I would certainly agree with John Knox. The word of God is plain in itself if we want to take it or as it reads. The word of God is plain in itself. And if there appear any obscurity in one place, the Holy Ghost, which is never contrary to himself, explains the same more clearly in other places so that there can remain no doubt but unto such as obstinately remain ignorant. End of quote. Let the Bible speak, huh? Let me read now from page 360 of this book, Great Controversy, which says, quote, concerning the popular system of interpreting or, <laughs> or misinterpreting the scriptures, Wolf wrote, this is Joseph Wolf. Wolf wrote, The greater part of the Christian church have swerved from the plain sense of scripture and have turned to the phantomizing system of the Buddhists who believe that the future happiness of mankind will consist in moving about in the air and suppose that when they are reading Jews, 
they must understand Gentiles. And when they read Jerusalem, they must understand the church. And if it is said earth, it means sky. And for coming of the Lord, they must understand the progress of the missionary societies. And going up to the mountain of the Lord's house signifies a grand class meeting of Methodists. That's the phantomizing uh, interpretation of the Buddhists. I might uh, take it just a step farther and read it this way. When the Bible says a bishop, a pastor, shall be the husband of one wife, it really means the wife of one husband. When the Bible says wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands, it really means that husbands, men, should submit to their wives, women. (laughs) That's what happens to the word of God when you begin following the phantomizing system of the Buddhists. But unfortunately, some of our brethren are doing that. And then reading from page 520, 520, same book, Great Controversy, it says, quote, the vague and fanciful interpretations of Scripture and the many conflicting theories concerning religious faith that are found in the Christian world are the work of our great adversary to confuse minds so that they shall not discern the truth. And the discord and division which exist among the churches of Christendom are in a great measure due to the prevailing custom of wresting the scriptures to support a favorite theory. That means twisting the scriptures. And that's exactly what the women's ordination movement is doing. They're twisting the scriptures to support their theory of equality. The Great Controversy 520 says, Instead of carefully studying God's word with humility of heart to obtain a knowledge of his will, many seek only to discover something odd or original. Page 521 says, In order to obtain or order to sustain erroneous doctrines or unchristian practices, some will seize upon passages of scripture separated from the context, perhaps quoting half of a single verse as proving their point, when the remaining portion would show the meaning to be quite the opposite. With the cunning of the serpent, they entrench themselves behind disconnected utterances construed to suit their carnal desires. Thus do many willfully pervert the word of God. That certainly is happening today. 521 reading on others who have an active imagination seize upon the figures and symbols of holy writ, interpret them to suit their fancy, with little regard to the testimony of Scripture as its own interpreter, and then they present their vagaries as the teachings of the Bible. Whenever the study of the Scriptures is entered upon without a prayerful, humble, teachable spirit, the plainest and simplest, as well as the most difficult passages, will be wrested from their true meaning, end of quote. They're going to be twisted from their true meaning. Well, there's more, but I see my time has gone away, so we'll continue our study next time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the Bible. Help us, we pray, to follow its plain utterances. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God be with you until we meet again.